2019 Black Friday, Black Rain Friday. Meow, meow, meow. <laughs> uh, we, uh, <laughs> your host this week, myself, Lee, and I'm joined by Reed. Hi. Uh, we've lost Andrew to to the to the season. To the season. Uh, he he's a little busy today over lunch, so he will not be joining us. But we're uh, we've convened here to talk about the world of pro wrestling. Uh, as it appeals to us without him. Uh, and I make no qualms about not having seen a lot of the wrestling of this last week. Uh, but Rita's seen a little more than me. So I've gonna... seen War Games, Survivor Series, NXT, and Dynamite for this week. That's so. like 12 hours of wrestling. That's well, too I was, much wrestling. I was very much happy to watch War Games, NXT, and Dynamite. Survivor Series is a different story, but I felt I should because NXT was on it. Do you ever watch so much wrestling that you dream about being a wrestler? Yes, I have had that dream. Yeah. I wrestled in jeans. It was an intergender match, <laughs> and I botched, I botched a powerbomb to a woman, and I felt really bad, and then I woke up. How'd you botch it? Like, just right on her neck. Dropped her. <laughs> uh, it's interesting because you, like, you watch so much wrestling and you, you while you would never try a move yourself, uh, you, you've seen it so many times that in a dream you're like, well, this is what you do. Uh, and then it works or it doesn't, depending on your own ability to Unless in your own dreams. Unless you're near a pool. You can do wrestling moves into a pool just fine. Uh, I, I'm always very realistic uh, in in a dream wrestling scenario <laughs> where I would wrestle like if I was able to wrestle. I'm six foot three. Like 250 pounds, Very I'm not going to be flying picky. off the yeah, I'm not going to be flying off the top <laughs> rope. A uh, lot of lot of chops, uh, <laughs> just, uh, wrestling like a good old boy. Anyways, uh, we're going to talk about NXT Takeover and Survivor Series that took place this past weekend. Both of which I well, not both of which I intended to watch. I intended to watch NXT Takeover and it just wasn't in the cards. It's a busy time of year. Listen, you can listen to any other podcast where people have watched wrestling and have cool opinions on it, but you listen to this podcast because you want to hear people around for an hour who haven't seen any of it except Reed has Reed NXT TakeOver how uh, was it it was very good TakeOvers are never bad I wouldn't say this is one of the best ones I would not say it's one of the worst either it was very good for what it set out and accomplished it's always a tight three hour show would you say this was maybe somewhat of an afterthought considering that NXT was involved so heavily in the build up to Survivor Series the next night um yes and no because uh, on this following on the following episode of NXT that happened this Wednesday, pretty much everything was followed up upon appropriately from Takeover, but not takeover, Survivor Series. But Survivor Series too, yes, because NXT okay. is actually competent. And- well, there was some contradictions, right? There were there were teams in Takeover that maybe weren't the same teams in Survivor. Kayfabe wise, yes, kayfabe wise, yeah. not. Uh, Why is this person helping this person? Like, if Io Shirai yeah. is a heel against, like, Rhea Ripley and stuff in War Games. And then on Survivor Series, they're on the same team and cooperating. Yeah. That doesn't really Fine. make sense. But yeah. it's the main roster. Vince is like, oh, it's two different worlds, damn it. They're heels. Even though Kansas LeRae is the biggest baby face of all time, and she's being a heel in Survivor Series. But they're breaking the walls down yes. more than ever with NXT being a third brand and not being considered a satellite brand anymore where what happens there doesn't matter on the on the main roster and that could be a positive thing or a negative thing in that a lot of times when uh these characters these wrestlers are coming up from nxt they are changed their names are changed maybe their style has changed uh when vince gets his hands on them but now it'll be maybe more of a smooth handoff or they'll just start sucking earlier <laughs> and then move to uh to smackdown and raw yes. so it's it's kind of a double-edged sword in there uh, uh paul Levesque has been Every time he's asked about it, he's like, oh, it's it's its own separate thing. But every week you see, while the the structure of the show, the fact that it's more wrestling-driven on NXT Absolutely. stays the same, the storylines and the interactions of characters and people bouncing between rosters yeah. is, is very Vince McMahon. Oh, it's the third brand now. Yeah. And, uh, and the other two shows are suffering for it. And the other two shows were already suffering. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, how, how were the War Games matches themselves? Good. The Women's War Games match was very well done and very well booked, as it always is. Have they NXT. done one before? I don't remember. I don't think they have. This may have been the first War Games match for women, yes. Um, but it was very well booked. Uh, heels had the man advantage because uh, going into Dakota Kai's entrance. So on the pre-show, they did not show this clearly. 
Okay. But Mia Yim was injured, so she could no longer participate in the Women's War Games match. Okay. They fucked up by not showing this on the main show. Did they happened. mention it? Very briefly. <laughs> okay. So you're like, where is she? Yeah, so and if you looked like... away for a second, weren't paying attention for a second, you wouldn't know about it. But anyway, the story going into this is Dakota Kai was not picked to be in the Women's War Games match, and she's super salty about it. So when it was her time to come up, because she replaced Mia Yim in the match... She decided to turn around and boot Tegan Knox in the face. Okay. Uh, and that's her best friend, uh, story-wise, anyway. <laughs> um, uh, so she's salty that she didn't get picked, so she's going to take her aggression out on Tegan Knox. Um, Tegan Knox just had surgically repaired knee, so uh, Dakota took her knee, put it through the cage, smacked it around a lot. It was really good heat. She left, so it was a 4-on-2 advantage for the rest of the War oh, wow. match. Yes. Uh, but besides that, very well booked, um, and Rhea Ripley came out on top after pinning Shayna Baszler. Rhea is awesome, and it looks like they're pushing her hard, as evident by also War Games, I mean by Survivor Series, and the following NXT. Cool. Yeah. Uh, any other, like the male, male match was good, any other notable matches on TakeOver? Yes, um, Damian Priest... Sure. Killian Dane and Pete Dunne had a banger of a match. I've yeah, seen better for the triples. number one contendership yeah. against Adam Cole the on following some, night. Yes, yeah. I've seen better matches before, but it was very well done. Uh, I was a big fan of it. Uh, I forget what happened. Was it... <laughs> so no. there was a there was a mystery entrant in the male war games. Right, right? So it was Kevin Owens. Okay, yes, <laughs> and but he's not staying at NXT. He just seemed to he be was just there one for appearance. A... Okay, sure. It's kind of followed up on Raw. With Seth, but who cares? Let's not even talk about Seth. He sucks. <laughs> and then for Survivor Series, anything of note? Um, just weird booking. Like, we're going to push NXT, but, you know, we're also going to bury them. Well, NXT did get the most wins of the night. Yes. Which but... doesn't matter according to last year's Survivor game. Survivor game. Yes, but... Survivor Series where, uh, <laughs> uh, where SmackDown got swept and it was never mentioned again. Yes. Uh, there's at least been more follow-up to that this year. Um, just very strange booking decisions. The women's Survivor Series match. Uh, Kansas LeRae and Io Shirai took a tumble off the top rope, and they're just like, okay, we're gone now. Yeah. But we're then done. they came back and did heel things later, so it was all right, I guess. Anyway, NXT came on top on that one. That was fine. Wasn't the the point there that they left and then came back so long later in the match? Like yeah. They Roman Reigns Royal Rumbled it? Or yeah. they just like taking a breather? And they didn't get disqualified because it's a Survivor Series match, which... Begs the reason why, if anybody ever got eliminated, why wouldn't they just stay there and fuck with the other team? Well, as soon as the bell rings, go go lock yourself in a closet in the back and hope that Cody Rhodes yeah. doesn't come by with a scarf to punch yeah. through the window. Or just get a guy and just keep kicking him in the nuts and just don't stop. <laughs> don't stop. Just don't stop. The and then the men's like the Survivor Brock match. <laughs> yeah. And then the men's Survivor Series match was even stranger. Walter, if you don't know him, he's from NXT UK. He's this big German fella who looks like he's straight out of nineteen fifties yeah. wrestling. He's so over. People, this main roster crowd is chanting his name, and they love him. He gets, like, two minutes of shit in that gets eliminated like that. D- did he get a pin? I heard he no, got it. No. No, I don't think he did. And then uh, Drew McIntyre takes it. Yeah, just Claymore kick, pin, gone. Okay. And then Matt Riddle comes in, and he does a schoolboy on Randy Orton and pins him, but then Orton just gives him an RKO, and then Riddle gets pinned. So Orton got his heat back. Well, the problem with an elimination match is you're getting somewhere between 10 and 14 pins. Yes. Uh, and they're all your top guys. Yeah, so. and it, se- it didn't seem like they put a lot of thought into it is what I'm saying. It seems yeah. like they're like, how do we pin this guy? Oh, fuck it. Well, that's, like, when it comes to those kind of matches, the easiest way to get around everybody having to be pinned, instead of trading pins and trading pins and trading pins, is you have one person go over in the match. Yeah. Like a Royal Rumble. Have someone go for 13 toss-outs or something yeah. like that. Um so, yeah, that sounds... Uh, Keith Lee, though, Yeah, the most notable well. thing is Keith uh, Keith Lee, who wasn't getting the biggest push in NXT because there's so many other guys yeah. there right now. But I bet you Vince took one look at this guy and thought, Whoa, wow, look at this beef. Um, All that meat. Yeah, and so Keith Lee got a huge push. Um, I'm pretty sure he pinned Seth, and then Roman got him with a Superman punch, but they did a little, their little bro fist at the end, and everything was fine and dandy. <laughs> Um, the did not get to see all of what Keith Lee is uh, capable of doing, but we did get to see that on this NXT, which we will get to with Damn. Adam Cole, the Yeet. Yeah. It was great. But yeah, Survivor Series was better than other years. It was fine. Sure. It was fine. So, so, But the ending match is the one most notable to talk about, the women's triple threat. Yes. Um, it was Bailey versus Becky versus Shayna Baszler, champion versus champion versus champion. That's right. I've been saying this for a long time. Becky is not a good wrestler. Out of the four horsewomen, she's the weakest. Uh, um, yeah. 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 I would say she's not yeah. as good as Sasha Bailey. Yeah, or Yeah. yeah. 
I don't think she's a particularly good wrestler. I think there's much better in the company, such as Io, Kyrie Sane, uh, Asuka, and then the other three I just mentioned. But they were working down to Shayna's pace, which is a very slow, methodical kind of pace. And after like a four-hour pay-per-view, that's not the kind of pace no. of match you yeah. want. Um, Why would they go out with Ray and Brock Lesnar? I don't know. That was a very yeah. that was a fun match, and something that. explosive and relatively quick. Yes, and very fun because he got yeah. Dominic in there doing stuff. So anyway, and it's the it's the belt. Yeah, and it was reported <laughs> that Vince was very pissed off with the result of the final match because it was so slow. There was yeah. boring chance stuff, and but then that, they did the worst thing that they could have possibly <laughs> done, which is how you always get a babyface boot and people turn on him, and that's making your babyface get their heat back after losing. Yeah. So Shayna taps out Bailey. But then Becky has to get into the ring and, you know, smash uh, Shayna with chairs, put her through a table, and get her heat back. And then the pay-per-view ends with her theme, even though she lost. Right. She's a loser. Why are you celebrating her? Yeah. I, that's how you're going to make fans turn on her. That's why people turn on Roman. That's why people are turning on Seth. What is Becky supposed to be? Uh, like, she's supposed <laughs> to be a badass. Because Bailey is, she got a haircut. Yeah. So now she's bad. Yeah, now she's bad because uh, she got a haircut and she has a harder. She chopped music. up the the yeah. the, fla- the flailing men. Yeah, uh, but Becky Becky is supposed to be like a stone cold f- face. Sure, yeah, like yeah. takes no shit. And I I get why people like that. I don't personally enjoy it. Uh, I don't take anything away from anybody else. It's just not my thing. I prefer yeah. a baby face. I don't know, someone who is likable. <laughs> well, there's also, like, when it comes to, to that match, there's the character badass in Becky versus what is a legitimate badass. Yeah, like, Stone Cold <laughs> is a believable because if you met him outside in real life, he'd yeah. also be acting like that, probably. We know Becky is a total Slam two beers together. Yeah, we, we know Becky, outside of her character, is a total... Total goofball who loves puns and does all this other shit, right? Ready knacker, yeah, yeah, Jeremy knacker. So I just can't believe her as a as she comes off to me as like a thirteen year old trying to act tough and badass, yeah. and being like, "Oh, I'll wear a leather jacket and Damn. I'll tell people they're a dummy." Reed shoots on Becky, sure. November 29th. Salt yeah. and slam. Uh, yeah, that's about I've, uh, Be- Becky's meteoric rise. I don't entirely understand. There, yeah. the. I, like, I watched the pay-per-view where she, quote-unquote, turned heel on Charlotte, but in storyline, it was, like, a completely justified baby over-baby-face move. That's why she and got, she got so cheered. Over, yeah, that's yeah. why she got over it, despite uh, the booking. So, like, from that point, when I was still watching WWE pay-per-views, I'm like, okay, I get it. And, yeah, let's rah-rah Becky uh, at that point. But I think why people are so attached to her is because she actually has a character, which yes. all of the roster, main roster is sorely missing. Lots of them are just, I'm a wrestler, and I wrestle. Yeah, uh, Becky at least has something to her. Something else going on. Uh, So Rey Mysterio came out with a lead pipe, (laughs) ready to take take care of business uh, against Brock Lesnar. His son got involved. Uh, I always like seeing Rey Mysterio and his his son next to each other because his son's got like a foot and a half of height on him. Rey's Uh, ring gear was horrendous. I hated it. uh, So like, again, Rey Mysterio is, because I have a big hole in my wrestling viewing history, like Rey Mysterio is a a zero to me. Like he doesn't... You don't know anything about Rey Mysterio? It's not that I don't know anything about him, I just don't have the reference for him. Oh really? No, yeah, he's he's always been awesome, man. Yeah, but but Brock Lesnar, I do like and there was no no doubt that they'd be able to put on something a little entertaining and then... And they did, and Brock yeah. Brock won uh, as he should, and now apparently we'll never see him again as 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 per usual as is used with, with Brock. He'll be back for Rumble but or something. The double spot, the double six on nine with his son, yeah, awesome. It's uh, cool. Very fun, short, explosive match. Big fan. Yeah, do more that's, of those. Please. That's what Brock Lesnar's for. Yeah, we don't always need a twenty minute bore fest. Yeah. with headlocks. Then, uh, Rey Mysterio went on to win the U.S. title on on the following Raw. What Indeed. else happened on the following Raw? Seth Rollins. Who's been a heel? He turned. Because has been a shoot heel for over a year. Uh, has officially turned heel. He called. no, but then on the main event of that night, he came out was giving high fives to kids and shit. So. Well, he's, he's still listen. <laughs> yes, uh, it's he's being booed. Everything he did at Survivor Series, uh, he's getting booed out of the building. He's got like weird Roman Reigns heat on him now. Yeah. Uh, so unlike Roman Reigns, who never did this, they decided to, in fact. Go all the way with just push him over that little bit, have him call out the whole roster, uh, and be, become a shit heel. And then he comes out at the end of the for the main event match, and he's just wrestling the same way he always did. Yep. Uh, and 
it's WWE, so what do you Whatever. expect? Whatever. But the the thing now, having watched so much other wrestling, even something like NWA, but especially AEW, to have when someone's clearly a heel, that you can point to five or six things in a match, regardless of the length, where you're like, oh, that that's the heel. He raked the do. eyes. Yeah. Oh, he put his foot on the the rope. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, he's uh, cowering the ropes and making sure the ref yeah. doesn't allow him to touch him. Whereas, like, you can you can say that MJF was a like. Was a hundred times the heel Seth Rollins was. Oh, this absolutely! Past week. And then uh, Seth to go on to that. Seth at the beginning of the night is does his town hall meeting or whatever, and is yeah. like, "Oh, you all disappointed me." Doesn't mention his his raw raw speech, as it were. No, it, it, <laughs> doesn't, <laughs> doesn't mention his fiance Becky Lynch, who also lost. Yeah, she's not even out there. She can't be bothered. No, that's that's not part of the story. Yeah, it's not part until of the story. Yeah. yeah, unless Seth went away for a couple months and then he came back, there'd be a storyline where. Yes, they are together, and now Becky is yeah, screwing Where's my storyline where yeah. Becky... Her and, her and Keith Lee are in a thought Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Seth. Uh, and nothing against Seth as an athlete. He's a fine wrestler. and can put on great matches. Yep. Uh, he's got the physique, got, got the moveset. Uh, seems to love pro wrestling. But as a character, the, there is no likability there. No. Uh, and I don't know what to do. It's and honestly, that's not just a problem with Seth Rollins. I think you put anybody in that position where you're like, you're just a face, and all you do now is every night you come out and go, "How you doing, city? Yeah, we are going to have a fun night tonight." <laughs> and how can anybody ever like that? It's the opposite of cheap heat. Yeah, you need <laughs> someone. You need someone beyond charismatic in that position. And Seth See, is not beyond charismatic. But like now, now that he's now that we can hate him and we're supposed to hate him, now you can. I I would say. Well, now he should have had the belt left on him, but there's no stables. And I can't believe Seth Rollins as a successful heel without other people there to help him out, which is what he had originally uh, when he was like Triple H's lapdog there. They may be teasing that because at the main event of Raw with Kevin Owens, uh, the authors of Pain came out and beat the shit out of Kevin, but did not touch Seth. Oh, it's the new shield. Even though Seth was doing the, like, eh, come on, fight me, like, sort of thing, and they just left him alone. So I'm thinking next episode, Seth will come out and be like, Ha, 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 you all fell for it. Authors of Painter with me. Ha, 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 ha. Sounds exactly... It's like he's in the room. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that that would be the way I would go. And then I would have him heal beat Brock Lesnar. Yeah, sure. Uh, with Authors of Pain help. Like, maybe immediately. And then you could take the belt off him at WrestleMania. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what the answer is there. Yeah. But uh, don't put the belt on him as a baby face because he's awful. Yes. But as a bad guy, someone you want to he's see He's a great lose. heel. Yes. And if you put the championship on him and you want to see him lose... It kind of goes like the Chris Jericho thing. It's like, oh my god, he's so great. He never needs to lose this belt. But the more they they go, the, whoever takes this belt off Chris Jericho, it's going to be it's going to be, be huge. A big deal. Uh, so speaking of Chris Jericho, I guess we might as well talk about AEW Dynamite. Uh, not NXT first. Do, do you want to go to NXT first? Uh, let's just get it over with quickly. I'd say because there's not a whole lot to talk about. So I intended to watch NXT, didn't, but Reed <laughs> has. Uh, so I'm gonna. I, I got the. I have the the full results here, and you can just kind of... Yeah, I'll talk about the non-results, I guess. So, they just had, like, oh, NXT celebration. So, like, the whole roster came out for NXT. Or at least anybody notable. And they had some dude rapping the whole time. It was neat. Um, The (laughs) Undisputed Era came out. Uh, Still, Adam Cole is... And the Undisputed Era as a whole are the best thing in WWE as a whole. They're great. Adam Cole just goes, like, oh, like, we won the night. And they did Adam Cole and Pete Dunne. I am the, the night. I can't believe we keep... Our unstructured ass keep missing <laughs> matches that happen. Um, Adam Cole and Pete Dunne had a match on uh, Survivor Series after yes. Pete Dunne won TakeOver. It was a very good match. Easily the best match of the night because they're two very good wrestlers. Uh, Adam Cole just says, we won the night. Sure. And people are like, you're bad. Stop. And that's it. <laughs> uh, this led Finn Balor out, out to literally stand between the two sides, so Ciampa challenged him for a match later in the show. Yeah. NXT Tag Team Champion Undisputed Era uh, versus Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic. Uh, anything to say there? Uh, well, it was supposed to be Bobby Fish. Oh, right. So, yeah, as the match began, Bobby Fish was injured after being thrown out of the ring and landing on Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, the back of Fish's knee banged into the front of O'Reilly's knee. Fish was pulled during the commercial break for Roderick Strong who hit the ring in his legitimate street clothes as he was not dressed for action. So kind of like what happened with Scorpio Sky, except that was at work. That was at work. Uh, when he comes out with one shoe on, which is fantastic. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, poor Bobby Fish. Sounds sound pretty bad. He has uh, really bad knees, so I hope he's alright. Now, Reed 
tell me the kayfabe reason why you would be able to replace a injured wrestler with another healthy wrestler in a wrestling match if it was a sport. It's the Freebird rule. <laughs> no, it's not. That's not how the Freebird rule works. I know. Uh, the there is no reason the match should have been pulled, but listen, the show must go on, Lee. Uh, no, listen, I agree. And and it, the the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. But if you were in a tag team wrestling match and one of the participants on that team lost during the commercial break, someone needs to get into the ref's ear and be like, "The finish is now this." They obviously don't want to change I, the championships. Yes, yeah, I think the alternative uh, to this situation would be, "All right, there's no more championship match on the line. What we're going to have instead now is a singles match between Kyle O'Reilly and Keith Lee." Let's they, say. they they Rochambeau to see who gets to fight. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, yeah, that would have been funny, too. That's a bummer, but the idea that like someone got injured in a fight and they got to be replaced with a healthy participant and then that team ends up going over yes. is uh, bullshit. I don't think it's going to break the <laughs> bank. I think everybody who saw it was fine with it. It's fine. Well, no, because if you're watching it as someone who like understands what happened, then it's just like, oh, yeah. That's yeah. What you would, yeah uh, it's not like he was on his way, like in the case of Christopher Daniels, he was on his way to the ring yeah. and was jumped. Yes. So like, the, the match the should match not be started. done. Yes. Uh, but, of course, you can't... Unfortunately, control when someone is it. Yeah, and to go <laughs> and to go on to that point, a funny little bit of commentary was Mia or sorry Zia Lee. Her name is a Chinese wrestler. Um, she kicked uh, uh, Aaliyah last NXT in the nose and broke it legitimately. Right. So Nigel on commentary is like, "Oh, she's reckless. She's dangerous." And Tom Phillips with like a two second delay is just like, "Well, they're in a fight, so it's allowed." <laughs> yeah, that's what she's trying to do. Uh, I understand that Adam Cole went for a ride. Oh, he came down to the ring to interfere in the tag match, and then Keith Lee came out of nowhere and just fucking launched him. <laughs> Sent him sailing into the just front row. off the camera, too. It was a great shot, great spot. Landed on a bunch yeah. of jobbers in the crowd. Between that gif and the one of uh, Darby Allen coming flying at Moxley, yeah. uh, that's a pretty good week for, for that. Uh, <laughs> Mansoor and Shane Thorne. <laughs> Poor Shane Thorne. His uh, tag partner left for uh, Australia and I think New Japan. Was that TM whatever? Six one. Oh yes. no! So Shane Thorne's like, all right, well I'll stick around NXT where I will lose to Mansoor. Yeah, where there's a million <laughs> other more over guys who are more yeah. talented than me. Like he's not a bad wrestler at all. It's just he's not going to go anywhere in NXT and WWE as a whole. There's nowhere for him to go. That's a that's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, Can- Candice LeRae and Dakota Kai. That uh, that ends in disqualification with Candice LeRae winning. Uh, <laughs> I can tell by your silence. You have nothing more to add to that one. No. Uh, the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. So this is the the only Cruiserweight Championship, but now it's considered the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Yeah. But it can be defended on any show, yeah. any pre-show in the land. <laughs> it, was a, it was a fine match. The only thing notable to say, I would say, is that Akira appeared to be knocked out for what seemed like Uh-oh. four or five seconds in the middle of the match because he totally just like did not get out for a spot. Yeah. And the ref had to like rub his back and be like, hey man, like you good? And he's like, ha! Ha! <laughs> Gets up and he starts doing the match. It's <laughs> <laughs> on autopilot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, that sucks for him. Uh, Rhea Ripley, Shayna Baszler, uh, Brawl, after, yeah, Zia Lee uh, defeats Vanessa Bourne via pinfall. Yep. Uh, and then you had Finn Balor and Tommaso Ciampa, in which Finn Balor wins. Because Finn Balor needs... I don't think Finn Balor should have won this. It's very obvious no. that Tommaso is going to be the next one challenging Adam Cole for the championship. I think you need to keep Tommaso strong. I don't think another loss in Finn Balor's storied career of losses would really <laughs> matter in this case. Yeah, so Finn Balor's kind of in no man's land. Uh, because now he's back on NXT, and let's be I, honest, like, this I guy will be retired in the next one or two years. Yeah, I don't like, think he should ever have the title again. No. I think he should like be North American champ. At Unless most. Samoa Joe's going to show up in NXT and kick his ass. Again. Yeah, and yell uh, at Regal again and tell me a better security. <laughs> uh, so that was NXT. NXT was fine. Uh, I've seen way better episodes before. This was kind of strange. It was strange because of the knockout with... Akira, it was strange because of the injury to Bobby Fish. I think if those things didn't happen, it would have been a much tighter episode. Yes, but when you have people wrestling for essentially three days in a row... Uh, on big pay-per-views on big where you're required to do there. more things. Yeah, uh, this this is... The body breaks down. Yeah. Uh, AEW Dynamite. Baby. Baby. Let's talk about it. Uh, so, Le Champion, Chris Jericho, is holding an appreciation celebration. He's in the ring with Soul Train Jones. Who I learned was that's his only name 
uh, that WWE didn't take from him. Uh, Virgil, of course. Uh, so he apparently that was his first name in WWE, and was the only no, one. No, it was the name he used before WWE. Okay, so they 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 let him have it. Yeah. So he sold Uh So Chris Jericho's in the ring. Uh, there's a large box. Uh, there's mascots. There's a cardboard cutout of him and Sammy Guevara that I want for my office. Uh, uh, there's a painting. Yeah, proud and powerful, <laughs> and Sammy come down and they celebrate with him. They give him gifts. They give him gifts. That's right. Uh, so Chris Jericho uh, reveals a little bit of the bubbly champagne uh, now available for purchase online if any is still available, uh, which is excellent. Uh, him and uh, Soul Train Jones share a share a shot in the ring. Uh, the boys come down from the inner circle. They have a they have a big present for Jericho. You're wondering who's who's in this box. It's none other than Ted, Ted Irvine, Chris Jericho's father, former New York Ranger for the NHL. Uh, so they just like Jericho the whole time is putting down the crowd just with the effortless. Uh, she, they were yelling "Thank you, Jericho" for the first five minutes, seconds of him being out there, and then he turned them. Uh, and then it was the Blackhawks suck, and yeah. then uh, his dad gives him a uh, a Rangers jersey. Yeah, they're they're selling just just a and bunch of bullshit. You're still, and you're forgetting Jake Hager comes out with a goat. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> a literal Chris. goat. Yeah, I don't. Okay, listen. Don't bring out any more live animals into a fifteen thousand capacity arena <laughs> with a bunch of pyro and shit. Listen, animals don't like it. No. I don't think it really adds to anything. Stop with the animals. Okay. Yes. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, strong feelings. Take, taking a stance. <laughs> uh, so eventually a, uh, a TNT representative comes out. Chris Jericho doesn't like this the, his tone. Uh, so the inner circle jumps him. Uh, at which point the marching band is revealed to be SEU. Who no, hey, no, wrong. Oh, what? They got Justin Roberts, who is the ring announcer for AEW, to read his letter. It was oh. not a t- the letter was from a TNT executive. It was not a Sorry. T- yes. That's my bad. But yes, they basically, else what you said is correct. They didn't like his tone, so they beat him up. Kicked his ass. Uh, so we have, uh, for the AEW World Championship, Chris Jericho and Scorpio Sky, uh, which comes down to a submission finish with the Lion Tamer. Well, we're skipping everything before it, eh? Uh, this is how this recap has it. Oh, weird. weird. What else? What happened? What happened? You watched the show too, dude. Yeah, I did. Was the Chris Jericho match last? It was last. Okay, this is really weird. Really... <laughs> Listen, it's all running together, man. Uh, but yes, uh, Scorpio Sky does lose his he, couple couple close finishes, but Chris Jericho comes out on top and then uh, gives him the after the bell line tamer again. Um, but it, it, it did a lot for Scorpio Sky. He's more over than he was before. There was nothing wrong with this loss. I don't think anybody expected him to actually pull up the win. Yeah, and he looked like a he looked like a star out there. You know. Uh, so what else happened on AEW Dynamite? Well, uh, there was a tag team match between the Best Friends and the Lucha Bros. Best Friends go over the Lucha Bros. I don't agree with this personally. Uh, yeah, but Orange Cassidy was in a turkey outfit. Mm, that makes uh, it okay. So. <laughs> I understand what they're doing. You need other tag teams to get to that contention. I don't know if best Best Friends is the yeah, one. Yeah, I, I like the Best Friends. They're very good, but the, it's the Lucha Brothers. They're the best tag team yeah. in like the universe, as they keep saying. They're so good and unique. Yeah, and I don't. You got to stop beating them. Now they're racking up losses. Yeah, they need to be your top heel tag team always. Yep. yep. Uh, be a pre- B Priestley and Emmy Sakura uh, defeat Chris Stapleton. S- no, it's like Stat- Statlander. Yeah, that's oh. how you pronounce it. Uh, and uh, yeah, Hikaru Shida. Um, that was a match that happened. Uh, uh, I was how, really how impressed. Is- I was really impressed by Chris. Uh, she looked great out there. And how, I don't how think Emmy Sakura was sticking around. I don't know. I don't like her. <laughs> She's wearing a mustache. To yeah, her. I'm not a big fan. She's hanging out. Yeah. Uh, we had Cody and a jobber. <laughs> is, that, is that what that was? Yes. Uh, that's when I left the room to make a sandwich. Uh, Cody defeats Matt Nix, uh, who appeared to be a local jobber to Chicago. Um, we're just going to run through the matches, then we can talk about what, what else happened on the show in terms of uh, vignettes and whatnot. Sure. Uh, Kenny Omega and Pac. Uh, Kenny Omega gets a sneaky pin on uh, on Pac during a pin... What, uh, what would you call it? What's the word? What's the word I'm looking for? Sequence. A pin sequence. Oh. They were going back and forth and he, he a snuck series of A uh, series of pins. A series of pins. A lot of pins. A very physical match. Great match. It reminds you that uh, Kenny Omega shouldn't be doing death matches. He should be doing this match. Yes. Uh, and him and Pac work very well together. Pac uh, once again showing he's one of the best overall wrestlers. Yeah. Not just in AEW, but the world. Uh, as I described him, a shithouse. Not a brick shithouse, because he's only so tall. He's But he is a shithouse. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> and a good heel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we had the Dynamite Diamond Ring 
match and ceremony uh, where we saw MJF go over Hangman Page, who came fired up uh, to the ring and just started, as the babyface, throwing knuckle sandwiches at MJF. That's what you need sometimes. Uh, you need some babyfaces. He's intense. Uh, but he, as I keep telling you guys, he's he's in the heel turn, or at least a tweener separation from the elite in general. Just a babyface who's badass. That's fine. You can have those. No, but uh, I'm saying it's going to become more in the coming weeks. So Wardlow is uh, down at the ring as well, just being some extra muscle for MJF, helping him cheat. Uh, DDP comes to the ring, congratulates MJF, says he's going to be a bigger man, goes to shake his hand. MJF puts his gum in his hand. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page and MJF touch noses. Uh, Wardlow gets involved. Uh, DDP basically lets him know, hey, uh, this is going to be real embarrassing for you when a 63-year-old man kicks your ass. And then there's a break-apart brawl. Uh, I like that DDP didn't get a move in. Because uh, I think that would be very yeah, and silly. And I also like how they didn't get cheap heat by just beating DDP, beating DDP. which is super easy to yes. do. Uh, so I would say this was a success. Yeah. Uh, and MJF standing nose to nose with multiple, getting the rub. For, like he's excellent. Right. Uh, he's a fantastic heel. The match, uh, however, was a little bit disjointed. I felt. Yes. Yeah. 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 But it was fine. Yeah, I don't know what the forty-five thousand dollar yeah. diamond I ring. Really <laughs> don't know what this is leading to with DDP. Maybe become a manager for. Solo hangman? I don't know. Who knows? The diamond ring, the diamond page. It made sense. Uh, Diamond Dallas. Oh my god. (laughs) Did you think of that? It's like poetry. (laughs) It's like poetry. It rhymes. Uh, And then we had Dustin Rhodes, uh, who comes out to the ring during a commercial break. uh, And after that's done, uh, cuts a promo. Calling out Jake Hager uh, before Sammy Guevara, Santana Ortiz ran in to attack. The Young Bucks ran in for the save. Uh, very short segment. And there was also a really cool Dark Order vignette. That's right. A really cool Dark Order period. Uh, so they had a vignette uh, last week where you had a uh, overweight guy on a train seeing uh, a, a video ad for what is essentially like a religious cult. Yeah, and for like, what's the word I'm looking for? For people who are disillusioned by society? Yes. Yes. Uh, try, the, the, yes. Uh, let's, it's basically Fight Club. Yes, it's basically a religious (laughs) fight club. Sure, but you're not with religious overtones. Yeah, so a recruiting thing, and then you're like, okay, that was creepy and actually kind of neat. Yeah, and then this week they show a meeting of said cult uh, with this this guy from the previous vignette there, and everybody else there who's already bought in. Who are the creeps? It's the evil Uno. It's the guy with the mask. But they do a really cool thing, which is they never show his face fully. They'll show the just like Wilson from Home Improvement. Yes, they'll show the back of his head, the side of his head, his mouth, his mouth, but they will not show his full face which I think is a really nice touch yes uh, he's got his buddy next to him there Stu Grayson <laughs> Stu Grayson is next to him there his first pupil as yeah. he described him uh, and then you have the people sitting around and they're, they just look like normal everyday people When you then you come to realize oh no these are supposed to be the creeps so and like they turn around and they immediately gives this like kind of weird backstory to this that you thought was super lame is now actually kind of creepy and yeah. intriguing in that oh they're like turning dissolution people into their like minions. You can find purpose. You can become yeah. part of a bigger thing. And that purpose is pro wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> pro wrestling. <laughs> Uh, um, so yeah, they all at one point they're all wearing masks. They turn around and look at the new recruit, and presumably yeah. uh, we're going to see him. In the, it, listen, this is the best thing they could have done Absolutely. for the Dark Order. I think the next thing they need to do is take uh, take a wrestler from another tag team or take and and convert him to a creep, and then have the Daniel Bryan Bray Wyatt family storyline. Sure. Uh, sure, I don't know who I don't know who it is. I don't know if it's Orange Cassidy. No. I think that would be funny. Orange Cassidy. Uh, <laughs> take one of the Jurassic Express, right? Uh, get take take Jungle Boy away and have uh, Luchasaurus no, and Marco Stunt. Stunt if anything. No, because if Marco Stunt gets taken, they don't want they won't go see him. <laughs> it's like, well, I guess he's gone. Um, and they already kind of teased that uh, in that last yeah. match. So this this was really well done, and it was the thing the Dark Order was missing because, like something else we're about to talk about that happened on AEW with the Cody Rhodes match, uh, these guys just kind of showed up out of nowhere and they have a very high concept gimmick there's like okay they have a throne of dudes there's two of them yes. uh, they seem to have some kind of diamo- like there's something supernatural about them yep. what the hell is this they have moves that are named after video games this seems lame uh, and then something like this contextualizes all of it and you're like no no, no it's it's meant to be that way but they should have uh, done this way earlier yes so <laughs> at the end of the Cody match and I'm with JR on this one who who uh after after Cody's win, we have two men climb out of the ring, like Kane, yes. and attack him. Yes. And this is the Blade and the Butcher, yes. <laughs> who I'm supposed to know. Yes, Excalibur fucked up here. He just kept going, well, it's the Blade, and it's the Butcher, and 
JR kept going, like, who are they, though? I think what, like, Excalibur should have just said something really basic and simple. Oh, they're two men who have been dominating the indie scene. They are ruthless, and they uh, they are cutting edge, as some would say. Yeah. Something like that that just briefly lets you know this is a heel tag team. They're ruthless. They are very power-oriented. That's all you really needed to say, but yeah. he just kept saying they're the blade and the butcher. And this might be the worst... Years. That might be the worst introduction of yes, anyone. Yes, if, if it wasn't for Allie coming out in the bunny costume. Not because I think it's sexy, which it is. But <laughs> because the women's division in AEW is sorely missing not just... what They should do with the Dark or what they're doing with the Dark Order for the women's division. And sure. let's give them some good gimmicks. Give them some vignettes. Let us get invested in a story. Let them get some promos in on Dark and stuff yeah, like we so had this I'm last week. I'm all for Allie... Stop being just a happy-go-lucky baby face because we already have those and becoming something different. So when we see her in a match, at least we have something to grasp onto. Yeah, yes. there's a lot to grasp onto there, Reed. Hey. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, the these card. three strangers come into the ring. Uh, they got a good look. One guy's got a monocle and a sweet mustache. He is uh, <laughs> he is a member of the band uh, Every Time I Die. Okay. Yes. And, the and other, also a pro wrestler, yes. evidently. And the other one is married to, Al, uh, to Allie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the other guy. Yeah. Uh, yes, this one I would say was a botched introduction. Uh, in that uh, Excalibur was acting like we all should know who this is. JR was acting as the everyman, which should never be the case. Yeah. Uh, and asking who they are. If if there was a way to do this properly and this wasn't it. Yeah. Uh, there was also a weird thing in the in the last match uh, with, with um, Jericho and Scorpio. No, the referee. Uh, Audrey Ep- Ep- Edwards, is that her name? Oh. And JR had a weird comment where he's like, uh, she's officiating. She's the top referee in this company, apparently by popular demand. And it was a weird thing to say. Uh, and then I think Excalibur chimed in with like, and also she's like the best referee. JR's like, oh, yes, of course. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Doesn't let gender get in the way. Just as I was thinking, th- if this was WWE, there'd be such a big deal of this. But in this, it's just like it's a just referee on happened. referee's terms. And she's the best they got. And so be it. Leave it at that. Yep. And then JR says that line, and then they have to like walk it back. And I'm like, man, that's what WWE would do. And don't do that. Don't bring it up in the first uh, yeah, place. Yeah, it could have been worse. I think JR just kind of just let it... He was trying to put her over. I think he just let his tongue slip yep. and said something that could be constrained. Hey, at least he didn't say a joke about Ethiopian famine from the yes. 80s. Uh, so speaking about people uh, needing to put their own fist in their mouths uh we had the cory graves more ronaldo thing uh which is now approaching a week this has been going on uh basically on saturday uh last week during takeover cory graves tweeted uh hey there's a there's a freaking hall of famer and a ring of honor champion on on commentary right now not that you could tell implying that more ronaldo talks too much yeah which regardless if he does or not, what was this? What was this supposed to well, be? Well, apparently it's because Corey wanted to set up like a rivalry between announced teams for Survivor Series. Boo! And, that, and that's great and all, but you know what you do when you wrestle and you, before you go in your match? You talk to the other fucking person you're wrestling with and you yeah. choreograph it, right? So if you're going to do a announcer team versus announcer team, how about you talk to the other announcer and say, hey, tonight on Twitter, Twitter I'm going to shit talk yeah. you. Uh, don't don't take it personally because I want to set up something for. But like, series. but there's shit talking, and then there's a personal dig. He w- he went after something yeah. that many people already feel. So people just attacked Moro based on this, yes. and then attacked Corey on the. Nobody nobody got over with this. Yeah, uh, and it was a bad idea. So apparently, the WWE most people in the WWE have Corey's back on this. Oh, uh, and that it was like it, like I don't know if it's like oh Moro's overreacting or whatever. Moro Ronaldo, if you don't know. Uh, Gentleman's got like bipolar disorder or something, yes. and he has bouts of depression, um, and is is very open about it, and uh, it and in a way that you know he's the, he's the voice of boxing. Like this guy yes. is a prolific announcer, absolutely, uh, and it's someone someone you want to very much keep on good terms in your company. Uh, he wants to work for WWE, which is his not something job. exactly. He's always uh, said that that he loves wrestling more than something. He like was boxing. previously on SmackDown, yep. but for a very similar scenario, he had to leave, for, which was for JBL because yes, he kept bullying so, him. Yeah, right, right. So other you're shoot, being shoot bullied or work bullied uh, this seemed like a complete botch yeah. uh, and that kind of worked into the the because it's wrestling uh, so now you have people being like okay so was was Corey shooting on him it, this is something Corey truly feels why won't he just apologize poor Moro and all of this is now just disappeared he's off the face of the earth yeah, yeah. he didn't do the show that night after showing up he left uh, it's all been blown up on Twitter Dave Meltzer's getting involved talking shit 
Uh, Morrow wasn't on NXT this previous Wednesday, and who knows when Morrow will be back uh, based on something that, uh, by Corey's account, uh, on his own podcast that... Uh, listen, He's not sorry for what he said. He listen, just... the, the pot shouldn't be calling the kettle black on this, but who the hell's listening to Corey Graves' podcast? <laughs> yeah. uh, it, he, he apologized there, which is the, the Jim Cornette move. He apologized on his own podcast to his own people that aren't the people he needs to be apologizing to. And he didn't to. apologize saying, I'm sorry tomorrow now, I did not mean to offend you or anything like that. He's just saying, like, I'm sorry if people took it that way. Yes. I'm and, sorry that Morrow could... And boiling it down to the angle that... that Corey Graves is calling out Mauro Nalo's for talking to him for, for no calling out his, his anything to do with announcing like yeah. the, the the idea of that is just so everybody thought it was like an honest dig at Mauro Nalo regardless if it's a work or not this yeah. is a complete botch and there was ways to rectify this immediately that just didn't happen yeah and if the mentality at WWE is oh he's overreacting oh this was this was meant to be a work get over it dude then you don't get it. And Mauro Ronaldo should yeah, honestly I'm go sure, work somewhere else. And I'm sure there's some people who could have took it as a joke or could have took it on the chin, but this is a man who has a history of mental yeah. issues. Um, who And like, knowing that, you think Corey Graves would... You think Corey Graves would be an understanding person for his fellow co-worker. And, and so here's the thing. So this is blowing up on Twitter and everybody knows about it, or at least the people who care to know about it know about it, uh, because Corey Graves was doing it in a way that was part of the show, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when TakeOver rolled around, uh, or, or he was supposed to be... No, he was at TakeOver, and then he didn't announce on Survivor Series yes, for a match. Correct. Uh, and their their response was that he had shouted himself hoarse, uh, when we all know that isn't the case. And yes. then he's not back on Wednesday with the same reason. And it's just like, no, 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 you don't get to make up that reason now. We know why he's not here. Everybody yeah. who cares to know why he's not here knows the reason why he's here. Uh, and you decided to try to kayfabe it. That's mm-hmm. you can't do both. You can't have both. You can't have a be a star program that goes against bullying, and then, and then yeah, just say this is fine. Basically, accept bullying at every level of your company as part of it. Yeah, uh, like it's not like Corey told him told Morrow that he's the worst announcer in the world. He made a no. small dig at him, but you have to look at this in the larger context of Morrow is. Uh, Morrow's illness with mental disabilities, or I should say mental illness, sorry. Mm. And then you have to look at it in the context of WB always advocating being a nice person and being a star yeah. and stuff like that. So even a small dig goes a long way is all I'm saying. Yep. It's uh, unfathomable uh, the, the, just how that went down. Yeah. Um, and like, if it was meant to truly be a, a worked dig uh, where the announcer team versus the announcer team first of all that's stupid because they won't ever be head to head you're not going to have an announcer team fight in a team. ring who cares yeah, <laughs> yes it doesn't matter you're building to nothing and two he uh, didn't bring it up tomorrow <laughs> and why and, and then like criticizing the ability of someone in your own company when again you don't cross paths with them you're not going to be announcing yeah. with them you're not going to get into a ring and fight them mm-hmm. what would the point of that be it doesn't make sense there is none uh, so this Figure would not be tolerated in any other workplace, but no. it's WWE, so it's okay. Yeah, they're carnies. Yes. It's, it's a word. Uh, so that's kind of it for the, the recaps of this week. Uh, hope hope Ronaldo is doing okay and is back soon. Uh, because let's be honest here, if we had to lose either Corey Graves or Mauro Ronaldo, uh, <laughs> it's pretty easy there. Yeah. Uh, listen, uh, this, this all came off the heels of me just being like, something about Corey Graves. I don't like that son of a bitch. And you're just like, what? What did he do? What's the problem with Corey Graves? And I'm like, something's coming. Yeah. <laughs> I guess this was it. So, anyways. Uh, let's move on to the one email we got this week from Justin, uh, who sent me a news story early this morning. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this yet or not, but it was Maryland State Athletic Commission is investigating John Moxley-Kenny Omega match from AEW Full Gear. Uh, so the Kenny Omega versus John Moxley match from AEW Full Gear got a lot of attention because fans are not used to seeing those types of matches on pay-per-view uh, these days. It was a polarizing match uh, that had AEW fans talking. Uh, but now there appears to be a negative cloud hanging over the match for other reasons. As reported by the, uh, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, uh, former WCW announcer Chris Cruz contacted the Maryland State Athletic Commission to ask about their rules on blading and their rules on matches continuing after a performer bleeds. They, weren't, they didn't blade, though. They, they, for, for what that match was, very little blood. Yeah. Uh, the most blood comes when it's accidental. Yeah. Uh, or it's dusted roots. Yeah. Um, the commission, uh, was also asked if a doctor was at the show, which I assume absolutely, absolutely was. Absolutely was, probably. Uh, Cruz got, there's a doctor at ringside, is there not? 
if you're not Ring of Honor, which yeah. you need to get to because we're running out of time, uh, Cruz got an answer after several inquiries uh, and was told by the commission that performers are prohibited from deliberately lacerating themselves or their opponents. That did not happen uh, during the match. They will, uh, were well within the commission rules. The commission also states that human or animal blood is prohibited from being introduced into a match, and that did not happen either. The commission is also noting that the doctor was assigned to the show. So there's, there's no problem. Yeah. Uh, also, it's, it's fake. <laughs> just, yeah. Also, it's a work brother. Just, <laughs> just by the way, Chris Cruz, yeah. uh, who is a WCW announcer, maybe things were different back then, but uh, these two gentlemen were in on it. Yes. Uh, and if anything were to seriously happen, listen, this match, for as violent as it, as it looked, is safer than any pro wrestling match, which is the, always the crazy thing to me, yeah. which is why I don't like death matches. Like, probably crawling on in glass with your arms is probably safer than taking a yeah. five-foot drop off the top rope onto, like, your back. Or taking like taking a, like, worked chair shot. Yeah. Or, like, yeah, going onto the barbed wire. And I'm yeah. using, like, uh, there's been more dangerous matches that did not have any weapons introduced. Yeah. So, no problem. But, it's you know, when you're when you're traveling to different cities and doing pay-per-views in different places, it, it apparently behooves you to look up the, the commission. Yeah. Because had they bladed, yeah, apparently that would have been you're not allowed to. Well, if you hide it on if you hide it on TV, you can't. You, okay, so if you blade properly, yes, then if it's, you blade uh, properly, yeah, it's fine. he's just bled. He got cut mm-hmm. open the hard way. Uh, so that's that's our thoughts on that. Uh, still not a very good match. We all know our thoughts. At the end of AEW, uh, after Chris Jericho does the the delayed hit, let's say on Scorpio Sky, John Moxley comes to the ring. Uh, and it was cool. He's except so they, over. Except they had like three minutes of TV to fill, so they're just staring at each other, and he's like slowly coming down the stairs. Uh, it was very cool at, at first. John Moxley, uh, so over. He's he's very over, and he has he has a cool aura around him. I like his character here as just like a brute. Uh, he's good. It's yeah. great. Uh, he's he's he shouldn't win, but if he did, it'd be fine. Yeah, if he <laughs> yeah. did, I don't think anybody would be. Very angry about it. If there's a second person to put the belt on, yeah. it's either Kenny or John. You also have the very interesting prospect of Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, sorry, uh, versus the Inner Circle, and and John Moxley doesn't have a lot of friends, and he reluctantly accepts Kenny's help. Yeah, or something like yes. that. Yeah, exactly right. Kenny and Darby, the two people he's had notable matches with. Uh, listen, you're, you're you're booking, you're dream booking right now. Uh, is that you have all these lone wolf characters basically? Because even Kenny isn't really. Uh, involved with like he, he with the Bucks or anything. Yeah, anymore. but he's not, neither is Hangman it's Page. It's not like right? New Japan Kenny, where no. the Bucks would be with him every single. But match. you you have two guys who have something against Jericho as well. And yes. maybe don't help Moxley, but maybe keep the inner circle at bay so Moxley. You can know have. the reluctant tagging thing. Where yes, like Moxley takes himself in. You have cool characters with different uh, motivations, and it's the it's the devil you know right yeah. uh, they'd rather help Moxley beat Jericho than have Jericho continue his reign of terror yes <laughs> against AEW <laughs> uh, and real quick Reed did you have something to touch on for, for Reed on Honor yes uh, Reed's checking on Ring of Honor yeah, not super not a super lot today but um, there's just more stuff came out from Joey Mercury because he keeps just putting ROH on blast yeah. Um, so he apparently had, they deserve it. Uh, he had texts with I think it was either the manager or the owner. Well, not the owner because Sinclair owns it, but like the general manager, not the head booker because that's delirious. But the head booker is just like, oh, you know, shit. In hindsight, we should have put the belt on Marty Skrull instead of Matt Taven, and that's basically saying we should have put the belt on the Rock instead of Test. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yeah, no shit. Um, well, because now you're going to lose one of those guys. Yeah, because they're scared that they, oh, Marty will leave with the belt. And Marty is, he's not going to do that. He's a good you're person. You're going to screw job him. Yeah, there's very <laughs> few people that would ever do that. It's like yeah. 1997, Shawn Michaels would do that. That's it. Um, so they put the belt on Matt Taven. And anybody who watches Ring of Honor knows Matt Taven, he's fine. But he's... The equi- Reed's talking to all 2,000 of you. Yeah, but he's the equivalent of like... Like who's a complete nobody? Who's perfectly? He's like Jinder Mahal. It's like it was like Jinder Mahal's reign. It did not do anything for business. It busted the house. So this dude's texting. Like you busted Mer- the top AJ's yeah, head. This chop. dude's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this dude's texting Joey Mercury, basically admitting, saying like we should have put the belt on Marty. That was our fault. Yeah. And oh, we fucked up at Madison Square Garden with this dumb. Enzo cast bullshit that never yeah. went anywhere because they never were on Ring of Honor ever again after that. It was a cute booking. It was like, yeah. we can get him. 
We have no plans. We don't. This. Sign, we haven't signed yeah. a contract with him. And so after that, then and he's so cast for making yeah. WWE money, which apparently is when you have your women's champion saying she couldn't shake him down for twenty four thousand dollars a year. Ridiculous. Uh, who knows? And then after he's texting and he's complaining about Flip Gordon, uh, who was famously on Being the Elite yeah. uh, when they were still in Ring of Honor, and he's basically complaining about him being like, "Oh, why can't?" Why, like, when Flip Gordon can draw a whole house, then he can complain about our company. Then Joey Mercury is being like, well, he can only draw if we push him, but we put him in a year feud with, year feud with Bully Ray and he lost. Like, <laughs> it's it's a two-way street. The yeah. performer and the company have to both be behind a push. It can't just be, like, that's, you just get over despite our booking. That's my favorite, like, the callback to, like, grab the brass ring from WWE. Yes. It's just like, why aren't these guys trying? It's like... They're handed a script saying exactly what they're going to say and tell and shown how exactly to work a wrestling match. Yeah. How are they ever how, supposed like, to... You can make a whole list of guys that have got over despite bad booking and yes. then they just bury them further. Zack Ryder, yes. famously, and probably the most famous, Zack Ryder got over huge and they're like, no, now you're crippled, now your girlfriend's <laughs> cheating on you, now Kane's throwing you off the ramp. In More America. recently, you had uh, Chad Gable get over in the, yeah. in the King of the Ring tournament, which oh, is out of nowhere. How and... dare you get over? You're yes. short now. You're yeah. shorty G. You get to go to the end, but we're going to give you a lame gimmick uh, that dehumanizes you and also you lose to Baron Corbin yeah and we're gonna uh, call you shorty everybody's gonna call you shorty Baron Corbin's beaten everyone yeah. he's he's actually the most accomplished wrestler yeah. uh, on, on Raw the fact that he doesn't have a world title right now is actually kind of astounding which is actually kind of surprising that yeah. Baron Corbin maybe he's the one yeah so basically <laughs> for for Ring of Honor yeah it's just company admitting literally through text to other members of the company saying yeah we're dumb as shit and we're not making <laughs> smart decisions smart. Uh, yeah. Luckily, I do not believe Matt Taven is the Ring of Honor champion anymore. I believe that's still Roosh. Um, but who cares? Because no one's watching Ring of Honor. They're drawing hundred crowns instead of thousand crowns. It's it's a bummer. Uh, and then you also think like when those guys left Ring of Honor, like they did, left New Japan, like they did, and decided to make AEW, or when that became part of the conversation. It was kind of like, oh, that sucks for Ring of Honor. But then you kind of realize that Ring of Honor was going to be run this way. Always. Regardless of those guys were there, those guys were were putting them over despite themselves. Yeah, and you can't uh, see the fact Ring of Honor looks like an indie company. Their production shit. They're never put, they never put any extra money into giving a fuck about the company. So you're going yeah. down with a sinking boat, no matter what how way you look at it. Ring of Honor is never going to go up. It only can go down unless they start yeah. giving a shit and put more money into production, get more better. Like you got to get delirious off booking. He's horrible. But I digress. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> <laughs> gotta wrap it up uh, if you want to interact with the show you can literally comment or tweet anywhere you see anything to do with Sultans of Slam otherwise you can hit me up directly Lee at Tis the Iceberg uh, uh, that. Lee at Tis the Iceberg dot com uh, that's it for November 29th we'll be back next week hopefully Andrew will be joining us again we talk some Mandalorian or something uh, for myself Lee and Fareed that's the Sultans of Slam and welcome to the jam